Hello guys, welcome to the Random for Free Trapper. Uh, I need to let y'all know about some things that are going on. I don't want to get into details right now, and I'm not. Uh, I am uh, absolutely healthy and fine, so is my wife, but there are some uh, immediate family on one of our sides, and I'm not going to say what it is, that is pretty serious. And it has uh, caused us to have a uh, non-schedule. I guess as you could say and I've got about an hour here that I can knock this out and uh, hopefully overnight I'll try to get it uploaded or if I get time uh, sometime I will try to do this we're just not here where we're going is an hour and a half one-way drive and we're doing it pretty much it seems like every day uh, we're needed to, to do that family comes first so we didn't have a trapping radio show we didn't have a rant last week I apologize for that, but that's, guys, that's just life. And uh, Chip has decided to volunteer and do a, a trapping radio show this Friday, just in case I'm, I'm, there's no way I can get it done. And I greatly appreciate that because one of the things that he said when I asked him on a text was, we got your back, brother. That, that's why you want to have a group of friends like a group of friends that I have. And um, I really appreciate that, but it... it I don't know if this is going to be a week or a month or what it's going to be, but it's uh, it, it could get a little tricky on getting stuff done. So I just want to let everybody know that. Before we get into tonight's show, I want to uh, thank our sponsor, which is Funky Trap Tags and Supplies. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, which is Alan, and he's out of Iowa, and he ships all of my stuff. That's how much I trust this man. He's got my product in Iowa. And he sends that out when you place an order, and he's doing an awesome job at that, better than I did, just because he's uh, they're set up way better than they are. You know, my wheelhouse is lures and baits, and, and his wheelhouse is uh, moving product up and down the road, and he is amazing at it. But he's he's all over Amazon and eBay and Bonanza and Walmart. He's got Hilltop Outdoors and Funky Trap Tags and Supplies, everything you want. He's a member of the fur brigade so if you pretty much any trapping supply you'd ever want uh, if you order it from him you're going to get 10 percent off just for being a member of the fur brigade so a great sponsor great friend and a great friend to uh trapping radio now i keep notes all the time and it, it's one of those things that uh, just things that, that pop in my mind and I've got notes all over my desk. It drives my wife crazy because I can't get rid of them because when I come across facts and things I think would be interesting, I write them down. And uh, so we're going to go through a couple of things and we've got a question from uh, Jesse, which is an interesting question that I don't have an answer for, but I just want to give you my thoughts because he asked for them. First one's cow farts cow farts you are seeing a big push right now against meat for environmental reasons of global warming because they fart and it is methane and they're trying to say that that is the reason or one of the major sources which is crap but one of the major sources of global warming they know it's vehicles and transportation and industry but you know what? Governments won't be in power if they lose their transportation, their energy, and their industry. And they want to have, you know, let all of the, you know, the, the radicals out there believe that they're doing something. So they're starting to pick on the poor little cow. 
but I want to give you a little bit of information on methane that comes from a cow because when they talk about greenhouse gases I want you to understand how dishonest these people are and the scientists that say this they know damn well that they're being dishonest when they say it methane is not like a lot of gases like the ones that come out of your tailpipes a lot of stuff that comes out of our tailpipes when we go up and down the road it, it will until it can escape the atmosphere or get put back into carbon somehow through a plant it pretty much seems to last forever that, that's, that's what the science seems to show methane that comes from a cow is a certain type of methane there's a lot of different type of methanes now the type that comes from a human or a cow or especially you know an herbivore that eats and has you know he's basically just a walking sauerkraut uh, digester of sunlight into stuff we can't eat and that's how he gets nutrition is it goes through all those stomachs and it sours up and it starts rotten and it puts off gas and those gases allow bacteria to feed and basically the cow eats the bacteria that comes from the stuff that he's eating it's not really from the 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 plants any any but because you have all this bacteria in a cow from the plants you get methane methane in the atmosphere lasts about 10 years that's about average 10 years now the cattle herd in America is down I think from 126 million to 90 million that's still a lot of cows if the herd stays the same every 10 years if you start at, at year one and go to year 10 that methane is no longer there so whatever the cows are putting out in year 10 it doesn't stack up on what happened in year one because it goes away so you can imagine every 10 years there's a clean slate so methane from cows does not build up in the atmosphere the way that other gases do but this is what they're trying they're 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 hoping people don't do research they're hoping people don't actually look up facts and they're hoping they don't listen to other scientists that go what in the world are y'all talking about and they use it to try to scare everything to death i was listening to a joke uh, i couldn't even finish the podcast i was listening to a joe rogan podcast just one here not too far ago and he's got a guy on there that's wrote a book how we're going to die from global warming first thing they start talking about is global warming and the california fires and the dude admits that the reason that they're getting these fires is because they don't do what the native americans did where they burnt off the land to get renewed generation because everything was healthier since we don't do that anymore that's why you have all the fuel and this that, and the other but then again he still tried to connect it and he still used global warming several 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 times it was just dishonest and i just i just couldn't handle all of the crap this this he sounded like a kid he's probably close to my age or 10 years younger but he sounded like a kid that it was nothing but catastrophe after after catastrophe it, it, it's the, the insanity is, is unbelievable and he was talking about the methane from cows 
when you look at it, like I said, it's it it wipes itself out every ten years. So unless we get more cattle, that number's not going to change, and it hasn't changed. That number from cows has went down because we used to have a whole heck of a lot more cows in this country before people decided we needed to eat like rabbits and deer. But when men used to eat like men and women used to eat like women, which eat like men, we didn't live off a plant-based diet. That is bull crap. When you look at the, the historical, going back all the way to the pre-revolutionary war, in the, we were not plant eaters. We ate some plants. They were like little bitty side things, but now we want to go to eat plants. Now I can tell you from being on a carnivore diet for eight months, if I pass gas, it's like once every three weeks. It's kind of a, it's kind of now like a cool thing, like I was three years old again. I don't eat plants. I don't fart methane. So that, that you know, when I, when I hear about why cows fart, that makes perfectly good sense to me. The bacteria is what's causing you to fart. It's, it's not like a gas pump you got going in there. And they're eating nothing but grass, and they got all them stomachs, and they're producing methane. But the big point is it it levels itself out every 10 years. So it's down now what it was 100 years ago, because we used to have a whole lot more cattle. But they want to they want to try to force Americans to do things based off of Argentina and India and stuff like that. We have no control over. It's, it's, it's just lunacy. But just remember that. The next time you hear on the news about how unsustainable cows are because of the methane they produce, just realize you're listening to somebody that is either ignorant or dishonest. There's really not a third option there. Ignorant or dishonest. Now this, all of these were little side notes that are going to be discombobulated, but the reason that... Um, I'm doing them is because of a an audio thing we're going to play here in a minute from Jesse. This is a headline. This is from the mayor of London. Bacon, butter, and jam are axed from the tube due to Sequin Quran's new junk food rules. Now, there's two things to think about about this. And I want you to realize what that is. When I was young, the coolest commercials on TV was a Marlboro Man. Cigarettes are bad news. I get it. But they had cool commercials. All red-blooded Americans wanted to be a Marlboro Man. You wanted the little denim jackets. Everybody had one. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. But this, the idea of the Marlboro Man was really cool. You don't see that anymore. Do you want to know why? Because the federal government has decided, because of that product and the, and the issues that it causes, that it's no longer allowed to be marketed on the TV. Now, we can still market beer. We can market opioids. 
We can market all kind of stuff, but we can't market cigarettes because it's that bad. So I want to read that headline again to you. Bacon, butter, and jam are axed from the tube, the tube ads due to the mayor of London's, basically, uh, I guess you could say it's like an executive order. So if a TV station or radio station brings up something that's going to have bacon, butter, or jam, they now have junk food rules set in place. But you know what they probably think is healthy? Is the cereal that's nothing but sugar that's turning their kids into diabetic and Alzheimer's patients. That's not junk food. All the processed human pet food that we're eating on a daily basis, that's not junk food. Bacon is junk food. Butter is junk food. So if butter's junk food, they better be starting to like, you know, promote the use of lard or coconut oil. Something that's not vegetable oil, for goodness sake, because vegetable oil should be in the same category, in my humble opinion, as cigarettes. On a biochemical level, it is beyond nasty to the human development and what happens to the body. If people really knew biochemically and, and, and I've read books and books and books on this. Nasty stuff. I would probably feel as comfortable eating a lead battery as I would vegetable oil. Because I understand what it does to the cells. I understand what it does to a, a lot of the DNA stuff that goes on. I understand that it blocks up and mimics things. It's high in omega-6, so you get out of whack on that. There is a ton of things. Vegetable oil is nasty. But if you can't use butter, what does he expect them to use? I guarantee you it is a it is going to be something that comes out of a factory. That's not junk food. Butter is. Jam, high in sugar, I guess you could say that's junk food. I mean, that really is. Jam's good, uh, you know, just like Oreo cookies are. It's not really a food of any type, really, but it's a, you know it's a condiment that's sweet and it tastes good. So I guess you could say that. What you're going to see coming down the road is they're going to be talking about this all over the world, and you're going to start seeing that with steak. Because if you didn't realize this, the uh, see uh, what do you call it? The nations people, uh, United Nations. Their new recommendations for a human being to eat is a quarter ounce of meat per day. When you look at the USDA, if I'm not mistaken, it's still at 0.8 pounds. So it's, you know, you're, you're talking just a little over six ounces or half a pound of meat per day. 1.5 eggs which I don't know how you're going to eat your junk food if you only have 1.5 eggs, but think about seven days. That means no eggs for breakfast. What are you going to eat? You're going to eat something that's just going to make sure you're going to be a type 2 diabetic when you get old. The, 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 the new, you, you can almost guarantee a few things. Now, with this particular story, there's three things standing behind these recommendations on what can be on the TV or not. When you hear anything against meat, there's one place that you can absolutely rest assured there are vegans and vegetarians standing behind it. 
Number two, you're going to find out that the Seven Day Adventists, which are extremely powerful and have been in this business of against red meat since Kellogg's and before when he got started. So you got the vegans and the vegetarians and you have the Seventh Day Adventist. The other group that's always going to be behind this is animal rights activists. So that's the two groups. You have the, the plant eaters and then you've got the animal rights people. On the UN, they found out after they did a little bit of research, 30% of the people on the board were vegans that were trying to have it where no meat was supposed to be consumed by humans. Science or dogma? Hmm, I'll let you decide. Now, in this particular one, you will notice the bacon. Now, I'm not sure about England, so I may be talking out of my fourth port of contact here, but if you go to Ireland or Scotland, bacon does not mean bacon like me and you eat. You know, the pork belly that's cut thin and fried to absolute magnificent deliciousness. Bacon in Ireland and Scotland means pork. It can be any cut of pork, it's just bacon. It's kind of weird, but um, that, that's what that means. So I don't know, because I'm not in England, to understand if bacon to them is what bacon means to us, or is it just plain pork. But think about, the, think about Europe right now. They are losing control of all their countries to who? Muslims. What is the most offensive thing that you can do to Muslims? Eat pork. Try to get them to eat pork. I'm sure to them even advertising pork is just beyond belief that that's even on the TV because it's, you know, Allah would not be happy. But I can tell you one thing, when you're in the middle of the desert and you got people surrendering, none of them dudes ate unless they ate pork out of our MREs we had to give them and they ate it up and it didn't kill them. So you got three people behind this, three groups, I guarantee you behind this over there. It's not for junk food and it sure as crap ain't for health. It's because of vegans, vegetarians, and Seventh-day Adventists, animal rights, and the Muslims. And the consequences for that, people's health, is absolutely insane. Now I did a show a while back with a letter from Golden Sachs on banks don't think it's good business models as far as investing into companies that can cure diseases. Now, this got me thinking, guys. So, while I was over at the family thing and had a few minutes, I got to thinking about this and I pulled it up on the phone. You know the only diseases that have been cured by the medical profession that I can find there's only three. And pretty much that stopped about 1960. So since about 1960, the medical community cannot claim to be curing a disease. Not that I can find out. There may be some weird one out there that, that I don't know about. What they did cure was polio, which was awesome. 
the measles, which was awesome, and they found out how to cure malaria, which is awesome. Think about everybody you know and all the autoimmune diseases and everything else that's going on with people all around you. All the money that's being spent, all these nonprofit organizations, all the tax money, all the grants, all the billions upon billions, if not trillions of dollars, and not a single thing has been cured. Now, am I saying that that's a conspiracy? No. I just find that interesting. Because I thought for sure there'd be more than that. I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I looked that up out of pure curiosity. I looked at source after source, page after page. Those are the only three that I could find. So basically, since I've been alive, not a single cure for any disease has happened. Now they're good at treatments. Oh, they can put you on the pills. They can, they can, uh, you know, drag whatever on out for it ever. They're good at that part, but curing something, don't know. Does that mean that they know it's a bad business model to cure patients? I don't know. That's just a factoid that you just need to think about a little bit. It, at least uh, I thought that was interesting. You can take that for what it's worth. Now, we've got a, um, if I can pull this up real quick. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bluetooth off. Hey, Tim. Hey, Clint. Hope you're both doing well. Hope your guys' trapping adventures went well uh, down Arkansas. Looks like a lot of fun. And uh, can't wait to hear more about it. But I, I had a concern I wanted your guys' thoughts on. I'm sure we're all curious. This whole anti-vax censorship on Facebook has me concerned. And uh, I would love to hear your two cents where you guys think of vaccines. From I've heard both sides. I know what a vaccine is. I know what it does. But I've also heard the uh, anti-vax side. And there was a really good podcast that really freaked me out. It was on the Western... Weston Price Foundation Wise Tradition Podcast, number 16 and 17. That's the, the two, it's a two-parter. That one really got my attention. But also there's a lot of other, there's quite a few other vaccine podcasts on there. And it's spooky. Like you find out, let's say your uh, newborn baby dies for no apparent reason after he's got a vaccine. You as a parent cannot sue that company. It's a law. Congress passed that thing in the 80s or 70s. There's quite a few parents, their children were dying of something. And something must have changed because I think those numbers have gone down since then. But you cannot sue that company. I know sue happy people, but for whatever reason, why would you not sue them if, that's, you know, if that child was perfectly you know, healthy? And you know, mother was a good care, no smoking, no alcohol, no you know, stupid stuff, anything like that. And after he gets the vaccine, it dies. Well, justice should be done, correct? So that's a big concern. Um, and also, you know, I've known people that have, you know, like I know someone who had their, their kids get the flu shot. The kids both still got the flu. And this person said, well, 
it was a mild flu shot. I mean, it was a, it was a mild flu in general. It was just weaker. Like, it doesn't matter. Your kid still got sick. To me, that's just delusion. Um, and even, I, I had a flu shot once as an adult, and I got really sick. And I know the vaccine has a, good, you know, has a small portion, like a weakened part of that virus, so your body knows how to take care of it. And you might get mild symptoms, but I was like, throwing up. I was delirious. I couldn't function properly for like a week. I mean, it was bad, you know. And I'm like, this, this can't be right. And I've had parents that, um, you know, their kids haven't had a flu shot at all, and they seem, I know one person has a three-year-old son, this guy, this kid has never had the vaccine, and this kid is more mature than other three-year-olds. I mean, he seems, he just seems like a highly intelligent kid, but he's out on the farm, he does stuff with his folks a lot, out, out and about, and, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy to watch him, you're like, wow, you're, you know, you, he's saying you know, pretty coherent words. Like, you know, some kids mumble and they can't pronounce things worth a crap. This kid's three years old and he can, like, you can understand perfectly what he's saying. I was like, what are you being this kid? <laughs> you know? And, you know, listening to Weston Price, I think the autism thing is probably caused more by nutrition. There's a really good podcast from a doctor named Nat- Nat- Natasha McBride. She's a Russian doctor, Irish husband. One of her children had really bad autism. And she changed the diet within a couple of years, I think by the age of 10. He doesn't have autistic symptoms anymore. And he's living a pretty normal life. So that's pretty powerful stuff. So maybe you can't all point fingers to the vaccine. But my big problem with it is people force it down your throat. I understand, like, look, I don't want dead kids either. But how come these other kids that have not had the flu shot and they've been totally healthy... Also, their parents feed them very, very well. And I've met other kids. I've had the flu shot. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but then there's people, you know, like me and my wife and her siblings. We have vaccines and we're totally fine. So I don't know. My biggest concern about the whole thing is it, we get back to this same ideologically position of I'm on this side, you're on that side. And if you do this, you're an idiot. And if you don't do that, well, then you're, you're scum. It's that same argument all over again. It's the exact same you know, problem we've been having for the past probably four, six years now. And um, it's a concern, you know, because now it's getting closer to home for me. And let me explain. My mushroom pages, or the ones I'm a part of, are especially the, the largest one mushroom growing, 70,000 members. Volumes of information, tons of videos, tons of photographs, tons of info, you know, just great information on how to grow mushrooms. And this page, all the pages I'm a part of have nothing to do with psilocybin or psychedelic mushrooms, how to raise them, anything like that at all, despite the health benefits they have. We don't talk about it. And um, we get kicked off for no reason. And one person pointed out it's probably because of the anti-vaccine stuff. We're being thrown into this group. It may not be anti-vaccine, but now it's like, well, this could be convoluted or mishealth information, so now we're going to kick all of you off, so that way no one gets hurt. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're talking about growing mushrooms. There is health benefits for mushrooms. There's volumes of information and research. If you ever read the book, um, Raising... I think it's either raising or growing gourmet and medicinal mushrooms. Paul Stamets has volume, like pretty much an inch, two inch of citations and from research and studies he has you know, either been part of or independent from. And 
backing up claims how healthy and, and well-nutrition-packed mushrooms are. And so we have research, hardcore data backing this up, but for some reason it's like, oh, it's not good enough. It's not mainstream, so sorry, you get kicked off. So that's a huge problem. Because people like me that have an Instagram page and a Facebook page, and Instagram's on my Facebook, if I, I, I have a feeling, if I even talk about medicinal stuff on mushrooms, I'm going to get kicked off. Well, that's going to hurt my, my business because that's how I, I uh, meet and greet my customers a lot. Hands-on, but also through social media. So thank God I'm going to have a website here pretty soon that I can be independent from that stuff. I get hard. But the same problem, though, is... What if Google gets in the same bandwagon as Facebook and they're like, oh, sorry, anything, you know, potentially health misleading, we're going to change our algorithm, you're going to get, you know, no views at all. Well, that's a huge problem for a lot of people. So it's a bigger problem than it is just whether you're pro-vaccine or not pro-vaccine. It's going to affect a lot of people. I think it's going to affect permaculture people. And the thing is, it's going to be a big thing for a while, then it's going to go away. I understand that. But what if it doesn't? And it's a permanent rule change. Because you can't have a conversation with a gigantic corporation that says Facebook, as a little mushroom grower as myself. I have enough clout. I never will have enough clout to talk to Facebook. And be like, hey, listen here, Mark. This bullshit's got to stop. Because you're throwing me a group that I'm not even sure how I think of their decision. I throw a lot of stuff, I, you know, against it and things for it. I don't know. But you just can't throw me in this group anymore. But that's what they do. And that's what they've been doing, especially for guys like us that might go, well, it's a good idea to have a border and, you know, be selective who comes to your country. Racist! It's like, oh, that, that's, that's, that's a smart, mature thing to do. That's a healthy conversation. So, anyway, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I hope you're all doing well, and uh, we'll catch you later. Thanks, Jesse, for the, the question. Uh, like I said, this I, I don't know, man. And, and uh, I'm going to take this in a couple of different directions. I don't think it's going to help you. I, I really don't. The bottom line the way that I look at vaccines is is there money involved and what is it now I want you to think about something just from a pure business point of view there's what uh, there's 327 million people now in America so let's round that off to 300 million and that's probably not counting all the illegals If you got a dollar from each one of those persons because it was government-mandated or scared tactic to death, you're guaranteed at least $300 million per year from a vaccine. But we both know that there's nothing done in the medical field for a dollar. I bet there's subsidies for this that we don't even know about. Let's say that it's $10 a shot. See, I haven't had a shot of any kind like that since I got out of the Army. Now, when I was in the Army, I was shot full of all kind of stuff. If you've never been in the military, guys, there is no telling what I've been injected with. Have you ever seen the old cowboy movies and the Indians, you know, capture somebody and they, they put them through the gauntlet, they got all the Indians on the side, and you got to run down the middle, and if you survive, you live, if not, you're just dead? you know, the gauntlet that the Indians, Native Americans used to do. That's kind of what it was like when we would go out of country. You'd have all these medics on both sides with these automatic shotguns, uh, not shotguns like uh, the bird hunt with, but they're, they shoot shots, but they're automatic, like little air guns or something, CO2 or, or however they worked. But they're little pistols. 
and you would walk down and you would step there'd be one on your left and one on your right and they would both touch your shoulder next and that would go on sometimes 10 or 15 steps and then at the end they always have to pull down your pants and they give you the last shot which they call gg and it left a great big duck egg size wallop on your butt and then you would go about your business you couldn't even sit down for three days and we always got sick after all these things so since that time i haven't had one so i don't know what a flu shot costs but let's say they're 10 bucks a piece if my math is right is that see it'd be 300 million no no it'd be three billion three billion in dollars I'm not using a calculator because I get confused when the numbers get that high. It's a lot of money. So it'd be 300 million times 10. What if it's $20 a shot? That'd be $6 billion? Companies can make a living off $6 billion a year. Guaranteed enforced by the government. That makes me nervous. Because I know people do things... And I'm going to prove that to everybody that's listening to me when, when we get done with this show, that you cannot trust people just because they have degrees. The other thing is, we don't know what's in those shots. They're going to have some numbers or some letters, and they're going to say what it is. It's for the flu. It's for this. We have no idea what's in those shots. And the way the medical field works now it's all on the average so the average means it's not going to help some and it's going to really screw some people up and it's going to really help some others and it's not really going to make any difference to the middle that's what the average means when you're looking at population of of stuff like vaccines i can only assume because it's always on the average now i've talked to doctors about this in the past and you can tell they always say you should get a flu shot because if they don't, they probably lose their license if someone turns them in. But this is what the doctors have told me, and I've asked three that I can think of off the top of my head. I can see them all in my mind's eye. Before the new strain of flu comes out, people in labs and companies compete to get the new vaccine contract and they guess of how the new flu is going to change and they try to build a vaccine for something that's not there yet. So if you have a vaccine that's got so many molecules and has changed this way inside of a, 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 a virus and, it, and it's a few off and it's changed just enough it's not gonna help you anyway and the I would I would bet the percentage that they get that right is probably pretty low because nature the way it the way uh, viruses and stuff mutate all the time it goes crazy now that's just purely a guess and and the more I've studied nutrition and the more that I've studied the medical field and the more that I've studied a lot of this different stuff I guarantee you guys, very few doctors want to talk to me about nutrition. 
because I've spent, I bet, 300 hours. They do it for two and a half hours in college. So they're just, they're just regurgitating what they're told. And you have to keep in mind, these are the same, quote, scientists that thought it was a good idea to feed cows cows, feed, feed, feed an herbivore cannibalism of its own kind mixed with cardboard and, and cow and chicken crap. And they caused, the scientists caused, mad cow disease. That was not a thing of nature. They did that. They created mad cow disease. Now, did they do it on purpose to create mad cow? No. They just didn't know. And, and people that are super smart, for some reason, never think of a whole system of anything. And cows, dead cows got nutrition. Cows need protein. Feed them the dead cows. What are the consequences? Well, it's not my problem. I'm the nutritionist. There's protein in that. Okay, so it's not a whole systems way of thinking. That's not the way scientists work anymore. Everybody's got their own little field and they don't look outside of that. And you have people that are making viruses that are probably super smart, way smarter than I am, and they're taking a guess. But more importantly to me, I don't know what's in that. In that. See, because in the military, I've been given stuff, especially when we went to the Gulf War, that did really crazy stuff, not just to me, but to much other people. I want you to imagine that they used to line us up in formation where the lieutenants, squad leaders, and sergeants would watch you put these pills in your mouth and drink water. This was not a volunteer thing. When we, it was three times a day. Little white pills. They came in, you know, fancy-looking, official-looking little tablets. In about a week, all our noses are running. We have a tremendous amount of energy. When we go to eat, and the MREs got somewhere, depending on which one you get, two to three to four thousand calories a piece. Those are designed that you can live off one a day. We would eat three to four of those per meal. So you're talking 10 to 12 MREs a day and we were still starving. We couldn't sleep. We were very agitated, which is not a good thing with a bunch of guns and guys with guns, young and in close quarters. And just bad. Eventually it got lax on being in formation and we all quit taking it and all the symptoms went away. Later from talking to some medics, they didn't even know exactly what it was, but they think it was low doses of nerve agent. Yay! We didn't know what it was, but we trusted the people in the white coats. So they don't even know what the flu virus is. So when you're talking, Jesse, about you take it and you still get the flu, well, that means they missed what the, how the flu was going to mutate. So you're taking a virus, you're taking a risk, in my opinion, because everything you put in your body is a risk. You're taking a risk on something that may or may not help, and it may affect you or a certain amount of people in a certain way because they're basing everything off the averages.
See, one thing that uh, the medical field to me is extremely good at, you break a leg, you get your leg blown off in an EID, you lose an eye, uh, you get your fingers cut off, you, you break all your bones, you get burnt. You know, to put you back kind of like in a Franken-style kind of way, medical field is unbelievable. Health? Their record really sucks. I mean, just go to the normal hospital. Most of the doctors are rolling up and down the hall. They're so fat. Most of the nurses are too. Most of them are just as sick as the patients that are there. The, the, when you really look at the medical field, health, vitality, that's just gone. They don't even worry about root causes anymore. It's just, it's fix a symptom. You get sinus infection. Well, they'll give you a drug that'll make your nose dry up. How about giving us something to it? Like, uh, like when I neti pot with rosemary oil, it actually kills what's in your nose so you don't have the thing to begin with. That's not medically based. But the little pill is. It's all about symptoms. You have high blood pressure, take a pill. That's just, just the way that it is today. You said something I thought, thought was interesting. I, I've listened to the, the Weston Price. I remember I've listened to every one of those. Uh, I know what you're talking about, uh, but you know, you can't sue them. And, and I will say people that are anti-vaxxers are extremely good at doing just the same scare tactics as global warmers are. The thing is, Jesse, I don't think we know, I don't think they know, and I don't think the doctors know. I think it's a shot in the dark. I think as far as our bodies go, I think the medical field thinks they know a lot, but they really don't. They, how the body works, it, there's a lot of guessing going on. Like right now, the, you know, the big topic in the health world is your, all your bugs in your stomach. It's clear Everybody's guessing and trying to jump out for a market purpose instead of an actual seek the truth purpose. They don't know, but they sure act like they know. And with all this stuff that they shoot in you, I don't think they just don't know. Now, as far as them saying that there's no case studies, like the the Joe Rogan thing you asked me to listen to, with the yeah, there's not going to be case studies either. That's the thing. There's certain parts because of our government that are protected. Vaccines are one of them. They're not going to let you sue them. And the people that make the vaccines lobby the government to make sure that you cannot sue them. The same way that Twitter, Facebook, and Google has lobbied the government, so you're going to have a hard time suing them. All the rules of everybody else in those fields, except for those platforms, are on different rules as far as legality. Yay, lobbyist. But you said something that was inter interesting. See, I, my brother's got a, um, a stepson that's got uh, Asperger's. He's very smart, but there's, he's off in some different ways. Uh, he, he's high functioning. He doesn't deal very well with change and he doesn't deal very well uh, with dealing with people. And I, with a computer or video game or something like that, 
the kid's spot on. I mean, he's super intelligent. Now, that's the first time me personally have been around somebody like that. I've had relatives that have had Down syndrome. But the autism and the Asperger's and all these that they kind of lump in together, it's clear and the guy even admits it on the podcast with Joe Rogan that, that you had me listen to, that the numbers are skyrocketing. And when, when parents see these numbers skyrocketing, they're going to try to find a causation. And I totally get that. And vaccines is one of them. And, and you know, like in another thing you'll hear in all these debates is anecdotal evidence. So you have a mom that's got a kid perfectly healthy, takes the drug, you know, in a couple of weeks, starts acting funny, and a month or two later, he's got autism. Now, science will, will not look at that because it's not under a base study, but there's a ton of those out there. I don't have kids, so that's not something that I've really had to delve into, but it would make me nervous. I'll just be honest with you. The sciences are not exactly the nuns that people think they're out to be. I don't think they're, they're demons either. I think they're people trying to make a living. And people that try to make a living have a tendency to do things that, that support what they're doing for a living. But you said nutrition. I've also read and, and, and heard several people talk about Kids with autism, you get them off of sugar, you get them off of junk food, and a lot of the symptoms seem to go away. Now, one thing that the um, the podcast with Joe Rogan said, the, the, the guy that makes vaccines was talking to him, so everybody knows we're on the same page. He was saying there's a gene inside of the baby that seems to be responsible for autism. A gene, DNA. Why is the DNA, that gene, more prevalent now and becoming more prevalent every day, it seems like? See, someone that makes vaccines just trying to find some reason that's not a vaccine. And parents that are having these troubles and they're looking for stuff, they're just trying to find some form of correlation or causation. It's just human nature. But when you look at the nutrition, I want you to think of what most women eat to be healthy. They eat a lot of vegetable oils. Almost all women I know have massive sweet tooths and they eat a lot of plants because good women eat lots of salads and broccoli and all that type stuff. That's the, that's the healthy quote diet. Plus, there's low fat because people are still scared to death of fat. Very little protein, very little minerals, and very little vitamins. And they're sitting there and they're pumping what they're eating into that baby as its DNA is forming. Now, when you look at how destructive vegetable oil all seed oils are onto individual cells through biochemistry, you can see how you would have some massive discrepancies in the motor skills and the cognitive skills 
of adults, but especially a baby, that it's, it's starting off. It's not like it's getting attacked later that, you know, over time, it's like getting hit all at one time. Insulin is one of those things, which when I said sweet tooth, sugar, grains, bread, pasta, all the stuff, raises insulin in the mom and actually it's shown to raise the insulin in the baby so the baby's getting a lot of insulin and when you look what high doses of insulin do over extended period of time to sales it's extremely destructive so the way people eat today is destructive to sales mothers are eating that and all of a sudden it's a wonder that babies don't have more problems than they do because they're trying to develop. Now, lectins. I think I've mentioned this before because people get really crazy when they ask me about my diet and I bring up lectins. Lectins are poisons in plants. That's their natural defense. They, they poison, they, they, that's why that bitter taste that you get in a lot of different vegetables. That's actually lectins. These lectins actually have been shown in several cases to change the DNA of a person. That's what nature has designed those lectins to do. Because, because nature doesn't look at humans being more important than the plants. The plant's natural defense system, because the little things can't get up and run away from if you're going to go, you know, cut its arms off for some lettuce, or kale, or underripe tomatoes that you get at the store, or underripe apples that are, you know, ripened with gas and they're still unripened. Unripened fruit and a lot of vegetables have high amounts of lectins. Oh, there's a lot of inside of plants like beans are one of the, 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 the most nasty of this. They have what you call anti-nutrient uh, bases and they actually, different uh, plants will have different things that will stop you from taking in certain minerals and vitamins. Now developing baby, that's probably not a good idea. So if a mom's eating lots of sugar with the insulin spikes, lots of vegetable oil which plugs up all the receptors where normal hormones and growth is going to occur which is what it does there's keys and locks in every cell and vegetable oil screws them up lectins actually mimic a lot of those keys and locks and screws up the body but the lectins actually are shown to change the dna now gmos now, you can roll your eyes about GMOs all if you want to, but if you understand lectins and the self-defense part of plants, this should put this in perspective. Because if, if the mama is eating grains and corn and soybeans, you know, because Inami's, you know, hip to eat now and cooking soybean oil and all that, those plants, when they go through the GMO process, they splice genes. And what most of those plants, when they're spliced, what they're looking for is to increase the lectins to stop the bugs from eating them. Let me say that again. Most GMO plants are designed in the lab 
to have more lectins than anything on earth has ever been meant to have. It's shown lectins to change the DNA of people if they eat too much of it. Plus, GMOs, the way that they make those, from what I understand from listening to several people talk about it, is there, it's not like a strong bond of, of a GNO pattern like that's in your body. When they make those in the, in, the, in the lab, they're very weak and they're very short and they have a tendency to come apart. And when you have DNA that comes apart inside of something else like you that ate it, now you're having DNA and sequences of DNA that you're putting all through your system and no one has any freaking clue what it's doing. And don't expect any studies on this anytime soon. Now, the, the curious thing about this, when, when I talk, when I say something about lectins, everybody gets upset. You can't come, you can't tell me about an autoimmune disease. You can't bring up Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or type 2 diabetes. I think the lectins have a lot to do with our cancer rates, but that's 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 just an absolute hypothesis of mine inside of plants. But when you have all these autoimmune diseases that everybody around you, just go to a, a church and go around and ask everybody what they got. You'll find out that most people my age have autoimmune diseases of one kind or another. Do you want to know how they figure out what you can't eat they take you down to pure meat and fat because you don't need plants to survive in my humble opinion i might give it medical advice you don't need carbohydrates to survive once you become fat adapted you make all the carbohydrates and all the glucose in your body which i think is the way that it was intended to do your brain works perfectly fine off of ketones. But when you have an autoimmune disease, the way that they figure out what it is, they take you back to meat and fat, water and salt. Kind of sounds like the carnivore diet. And then they will add in broccoli and see what happens. Because I can tell you from being on this diet for eight months, once a week, I go out with my wife and we have a nice meal somewhere. We had the bonefish uh, grill last night. I had shrimp and lobster and, and lump crab uh, stuffed into some really good cod with some type of cream sauce and capers on top. Delicious. And some garlic mashed potatoes. But that's one time a week that I eat something like that. I can tell you, if I eat broccoli, I don't feel good. When I was eating broccoli all the time because it was, quote, healthy, I didn't know that I didn't feel good because I just didn't feel good all the time. Kale. A lot of people, the next time they eat kale or spinach, after they've been on, the, you know, 
the reduction diet of you know, to find out about autoimmune disease they find out that they feel really sick they didn't feel sick before they feel sick once they get it out of their system and they hit it back again because they're not used to it they don't understand that feeling when you're in it all the time like to me last night I had a small part of uh, chocolate lava cake and a scoop of ice cream it was delicious guys the sugar hit me like a freaking freight train. A year ago, I could have ate two of those and not thought a thing about it and I wouldn't have felt all of the reaction from the insulin, this, my insulin being spiked because I was in a constant insulin spike. But the, the and what the, what most, most of the time, the autoimmune diseases, when you look them up, with people that have them that go on a reduction diet, it all comes back to plants. <clears throat> to me, plants are simply medicine. You want to lower your blood pressure? Start drinking uh, hibiscus and hawthorn tea three times a day. It trials out exactly like the statins that people take. Wow, but your doctor never tell you that. Spinach has got chemicals in it that if you mix it with oil, because you have to have oil with most vegetables or you can't even absorb the minerals in there, if you take uh, small doses of that three times a day, it actually seems to, as a medicine, help your blood pressure if you're not throwing all this other crap everywhere else. So they're medicine. Rosemary, garlic, antiviral. So why people eat lots of garlic are usually not as sickly as people that don't. You will notice that most people that eat a lot of peppers and tomatoes from the grocery store are sicker than people that don't because of the lectins in the nightshade from unripe fruit. It's very serious. Plants are extremely complex. And the sci scientists do not understand the plants. They're very clear about that. Uh, ginkgo, the tree that you get the brain medicine from, they can only get two chemicals out of that where they know what it is. There's 340 chemicals in that leaf. As advanced as science is, they can't even reproduce a leaf. They don't even know what the other chemicals do. So every time you sit down and you have a big salad with all these different greens and you get your broccoli and you get this and you get that and they're all, it's all this healthy plant food. Dude, from a biochemical point of view, why don't you just go rob a pharmacy and start taking handfuls of pills? Because the stuff in those plants are just as powerful as the stuff in those bottles. That's where I think a lot of the, the, uh, the problem with children is coming from. I know that seems crazy. I'm just a redneck bathed in gravy in Dunlap, Tennessee. I know it seems crazy. So the question is, is the problem people are having with health, with autism or some of these vaccines, is it because of the plants staying in a, a massive insulin high are some of the problems that you see from vegetable oils 
or is it something else? See, the problem is scientists don't seem to look for the truth anymore either. They seem to look for cover, you know, cover your own ass, cover your industry's butt, cover your own job, cover what the lobbyist is paying you for. So people aren't really looking for the truth. You know, the health field almost seems like they think everybody's sick because we have a lack of chemicals out of a factory. Because that's how they try to fix everybody, is it not? You get sick, you get a pill or a shot. You know, like you had no, nothing in your environment, nothing that you do, nothing you put in your mouth has anything to do with it. And they don't trust anything that doesn't come from a factory. Now, see, I, I find this interesting. When I was down in um, the Delta with Tim and Carl and Chip and Travis, Carl's having some knee pain, and Tim brought out a comfrey, which we've talked about before, which is a plant, which used to be everybody knew that if you, if you had problems like uh, sore joints or broke bone or a cut, that's what you put on there and it healed it up. You're never going to get that from a pharmacy. You're never going to see that in the far at a pharmacist. You know, and you, if you start talking about the health claims of comfrey in a in a legitimate uh, medical way, yeah, they're probably going to shut you down because they're going to say it's like malpractice or something. Historically, comfrey did a lot of good stuff. It used to be called knitting, where it would knit bones. It used to be. Uh, uh, a bone fixer there was all kind of slang for this plant and Tim brought it out since the Delta with Tim I've had two other people bring up comfrey and salves for joints think about how powerful CBD oil is out of a marijuana plant not the high part but this the oil go look that up if you hadn't that's one chemical out of a plant So it's not a lack of, of that, and, and you have, and plants go both ways. You can get sick from plants and they can heal you. It depends on what, you're, what you want to do. Problem is, we don't know. And you're never gonna have the white coat, the white, uh, and I'm doing air quotes here, white coat healthcare, and that's in an air quote, is never gonna go towards holistic things in America because of money. I do believe that. But the beautiful thing, Jesse, about this is they're not putting this cat back in the bag. There's too many books. There's too many people. There's too many blogs. There's too many podcasts where people are promoting things that are not, quote, white coat health care. See, when I listen to Sean Baker, he does a podcast, which I really enjoy listening to. And, it's, and he's a carnivore and he brings on people talking about meat and protein and this, that, and the other. People always want to bring up, well, where's the study? If you go to meatheals.com, spend about an hour going through that. All the people that you see walking around you with psoriasis, most of them can cure themselves because that is an autoimmune disease of the skin if they quit eating plants. And you see that over and over and over and over again. But science will never look at actually what happens on the ground because it's got to be in a lab.
diverticulitis, like myself, I used to have massive problems with that. It almost killed me once. No issues whatsoever not eating fiber and plants. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because I used to eat, try to eat healthy, get all the fiber so I, my stomach and intestines would be cleaned out and scrubbed out and all that stuff you hear about fiber. I don't eat any fiber. None. I mean, today for lunch, I had two pounds of ground beef. Tonight for dinner, I'm going to have about two pounds of rack of ribs. That's all I eat. Love it. Why do I want all that side junk anyway? I mean, all that is is decoration for what it, what it really is, which would be the ribs or the hamburgers. I don't know if the vaccines are safe or not. I'm not going to pretend that I do. I do know that it's a risk. I do know that I don't know what's in it. I do believe the doctors think they know more than they do about the human body. And it's clear because the way new stuff comes out all the time. Just think about it. Butter was good. Butter was bad. Butter's good again. If you ate too much salt, you're going to have high blood pressure. Well, that myth got destroyed about eight years ago. So hopefully you're not hearing that anymore. If you eat cholesterol, it's going to clog your arteries. If you look on the FDA's website, now they have no limits on cholesterol because it's been proven in clinical trials over and over again that you need all the cholesterol you want and it has no variance whatsoever on the cholesterol in your body because the cholesterol in your body comes from your liver, not what you put down your gullet. But most people today still believe if you, because when they hear the way I eat, that I've got to have high cholesterol. I don't. They're never going to put all this stuff back in the bag. I don't think we really know. To me, when it comes to health, I think the smartest thing someone could do is bake down the braces. And, and before I, I finish, I want to say one thing. Since you brought up the Western Price Foundation, if you've got a wife or a friend of a wife that's looking to be the best mom they can be and they're thinking about nutrition, Weston A. Price has a book on, for pregnant women and nutrition. It is phenomenal. It's based off of cultures all around the world that have extremely healthy babies. It is not what an American woman is going to eat if she didn't know any better today. Because it's going to be salads and broccoli and cauliflower and tofu and soybeans and vegetable oil and lots of sugar and, you know, low-fat chicken and, you know, don't want to be fat so you're not going to eat the fat and yada, yada, yada. When you look at the Western Price, the moms are supposed to eat a ton of fat because how is the brain of the baby supposed to develop if you're already making him nutrient deficient in cholesterol? as it's going through your umbilical cord down to that baby. What you will not find a lot of are plants. You're supposed to eat a lot of raw milk, some organ meats, lots of fish, lots of beef, lots of egg yolks, 
very nutrition dense. I would bet, and no one's going to do a study on this either, I would bet if you were to take the blood of most American babies today when they come out of their mother through a c-section or natural and took a blood test of that baby and ran it through all the vitamins and minerals and the fat content and all that most babies today are born nutrient deficient and when you're nutrient deficient you're gonna get sick Jesse that's I really believe that's the, the issue that we're having. It's diet. Is it, can the vaccine be kicking that off somehow? Possibly. Could it just be a patsy because it's easy? Possibly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know I don't take them. I'm very rarely sick. Since I've been on this carnivore diet, I haven't been sick yet. All winter long. I haven't been sick. I don't get the headaches. Just the normal headaches, you know, where you take the Advil to make them go away. But see, the carnivore diet, and I'm not saying you should be on the carnivore diet to anybody out there. This is just what's working. I'm just giving you my, my personal experience with this. I think the reason that it works is not because of what I'm eating. It's because of what I'm not eating. And what I'm not eating, eating is a bunch of chemicals from a bunch of plants that we're all taking a guess on whether it's healthy or not. Just because someone, your mother always said, eat your greens, doesn't mean anything because she also told you not to eat fat. The carnivore diet works. The keto diet works. A lot of the paleo stuff, unless you start making it commercial, works because of what you don't eat. The, the seed oils, the sugar, the grains, the high carbohydrates. You're eating nutrient dense food and your body loves it. It's not that it's the meat. Even though I think the more meat you eat as a male, the more anabolic you'll get and you'll definitely feel a difference. I'm not eating soy. You couldn't pay me to eat soy. I don't want estrogen. I definitely don't want estrogen. So why am I gonna cook my food in estrogen? If you're a guy, think about that. You know, I've seen several studies that say about every large chicken breast that a male eats, he might as well be taking a birth control pill because of what the chickens are fed and what they fed is what's in them and what's in them is what's going to be in you. Soy, estrogen. I think our diets have way more to do with our health than people want to lead on. You know, if you want to stay away from Alzheimer's, which is a nasty thing for someone to deal with, they call that type three diabetes. They know what causes it. The insulin from eating sugar all the time does. Now I'm going to go through a few things to prove my point of why I don't trust just because uh, government say so. Now this is going to be a little choppy because I'm all over the place. I've got windows opened up all over on my computer. Okay, we're going to start in 1908. 
Philadelphia researchers inter, uh, injected dozens of children with uh, basically tuberculosis. 1909 infected children in orphanages with, and I don't know what this is, uh, but it caused wart-like growths all over the children. These were doctors, by the way. The Tuskegee, everybody should know about that. We all learned about that in school. The government thought it was a great idea to inject a bunch of uh, black people and only black people and not treat them after they infected them with syphilis. Doctors. 1941, they were inoculating 12-month-old babies with herpes. They talked the mothers and them being in uh, to volunteer. Next one is 1941 again. Okay, uh, Statesville Penitentiary. They were injecting inmates with malaria. Not treating them just to see what was going to happen. Nineteen forty-six. And uh, this just came out in two thousand ten because the State Department had to uh, actually come out and publicly apologize because between nineteen forty-six and nineteen forty-eight, we were giving vaccines to the Guatemalans that infected them with syphilis and other transmitted diseases. America has actually come out and apologized for that one publicly. 1950. Uh, U.S. Navy shot all kinds of uh, bacteria, bi biological, over uh, San Francisco. It was Operation Sea Spray and a lot of the citizens came down with pneumonia-like illnesses. At least one person died. 1950. University of Pennsylvania infected 200 females with hepatitis with a vaccine. Another in 1950. They were busy in 1950. Um, 1950s to 1972, mis, uh, mentally disabled children were infected with hepatitis. 1963, elderly patients uh, were injected with a with liver cancer cells, and a lot of them died. Human radiation experiments. Research in the United States performed thousands of human radiation experiences. Atomic radiation, radioactive containment in, in the human body. Generally on people who were poor, sick, or powerless. Most of these tests were funded by the United States Military Atomic Energy Commission and U.S. federal government agencies. Nineteen fifty-three, AEC sponsored study to discover uh, 
it, what would happen if they started injecting people with radioactive iodine and it affected with a bunch of premature babies and, and babies didn't come uh, to full term. This one actually showed up on 60 Minutes from 1955 to 1960, this five years. Sonoma State, Sonoma State Hospital will serve as a permanent drop-off location for mental disab disabled children diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And we're giving uh, spinal taps without any type of uh, pain medication or anything like that. Nineteen fifty-three to nineteen fifty-seven, um, they started injecting to test a lot of different stuff on terminally ill and, and people in comas with uranium. Now, if you want to start looking up all the stuff that quote doctors and science have done to American citizens and people of the world, just start looking this stuff up. It'll blow your mind. There's all kind of plutonium experiments, uranium experiments on people that didn't know what was going on, uh, radioactive stuff, fallout stuff. They used to shoot stuff and they got a bunch of people sick in San Francisco. I'm trying to get down to... Nineteen forties researchers began an experiment which tested uh, a synthetic estrogen on pregnant women at the Lying in Hospital University of Chicago. Where, uh, women experienced an, an, an abnormal high number of miscarriages and baby with low birth rate. None of these women were told they were being experimented on. 1962 researchers at Laurel Children's Center in Maryland tested experimental acne medicine on children. They, they developed a severe liver damage. They were not told they were in the experiment. 2004, University of Minnesota where they were doing pharmaceutical trials for, with three FDA approved antiseptics I can't even pronounce what they are and people started dying so when I give you these dates and where it is like night 204 experiments University of Minnesota go look them up if you don't believe me actually I've got several more but I think I've made my point we don't know if we're in an experiment or not so when I talk about risk, about injecting something from the local um, doctor's office or from the local pharmacy because it's flu shot week and you get a little pin, do you even know? If you're naive, if everything I just read you, would you think that happened in America? Probably not. I've come to a conclusion that if you want to be healthy, you eat nutrient-dense foods. 
you quit eating sugar and junk foods and grains and you know about the plants that you put in your mouth because they're way powerful than most people think they are because it's just like a pharmacy and there's chemicals there that scientists have no idea what they do if they're good or bad but they do know there's poisons and they do know they change your DNA they do know how bad insulin is and they definitely know how bad vegetable oils are but you're not seeing anybody tell you not to drink or cook with vegetable oils now are you? so is it just vaccines? I don't know man everybody needs to do what they think is best for them and their family and their own body what pisses me off about the vaccines is the government's trying to force people to do it just like they forced us in the military to take those pills that makes me extremely nervous when they have to force people and they try to use tribal guilt and all kind of stuff it gets squirrely because you just don't know the medical field of all those I just read you I could have read you a hundred more they don't have the best record the medical field because of the way they test and the way that they look at things they can cause just as much destruction like the opioid crisis that we're dealing with today with fentanyl and everything else and they just don't see that it's any of their concern they've got a study to cover their butt so this is probably not the most happiest rant I've ever done but since you brought it up Jesse I thought we would just throw the gauntlet down and I'm just letting you know how I think not saying I'm right and I'm not saying anybody should follow my advice but I definitely think it's something to think about. Do your own research when it comes to this type of stuff. I'm going to finish on a little story of a, of a doctor that could not believe what he saw. When I had my ear operated on and they cut that big old chunk out of the top of my ear and they sewed that up, it was pretty gnarly. I put a picture of it on Facebook and uh, Facebook thought it was so shocking they, they covered it up. I went back two weeks later and he checked it for infection because apparently that's very common. He told me there was no infection. Come in next week and we're gonna yeah, check it again. I said, are you sure there's no infection? He said, right now there's no infection. I came home and I put a comfrey salve on it it was still red it was still a lot of open and it looked like I've been butchered within one week it was healed doctors never seen anything like it in his life he couldn't believe it he had the other women come into the room to look at it and look at the pictures from a week before wow we've never seen this before I said, well, it's because of comfrey. Because what? Comfrey. I mix that in beef tallow and I rub it on my ear twice a day. No! That didn't have nothing to do with it. I mean, uh, now, if it worked that good, we'd know about it. Okay. He, 
He saw the evidence right in front of him. But because it didn't come from one of the big pharmaceutical companies that he's got a rep that pays him to push their stuff, it was not real. And no matter, and I was clear, I was no matter what I said, nobody in that room was going to believe me. That's how powerful plants are. They can be powerful for good, and they can be powerful for bad. Just think, guys. Learn to think for yourself.